0: This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Thomas Hoover. The Canterbury Tales by Geoffrey Chaucer. Edited by D. Lang Purves. This reading is based on the book The Canterbury Tales and Other Poems. The original text contains poems by Chaucer and a lot of notes and explanations by the editor. To view these, Please click on the Gutenberg e-text link on the LibriVox catalogue page of the Canterbury Tales. THE Manciple's TALE THE PROLOGUE Weet ye not where there stands a little town, which that ye called is bob up and down, under the Blee in Canterbury way? There gan our host for to jape and play, and said a, Sirs, what? done is in the mire. Is there no man for prayer nor for hire that will awaken our fellow behind? A thief might full rob and bind, See how he nappeth, see for cock's bones, As he would falleth from his horse at once. Is that a cook of London, with mischance? Do him come forth, he knoweth his penance, For he shall tell a tale by my fay, Although it be not worth a bottle of hay. Awake, thou cook, quoth he, God give thee sorrow, What aileth thee to sleep by the morrow? Hast thou had fleas all night, or art drunk? or had thou with some queen all night ye swunk, so that thou mayst not hold up thine head. The cook, that was full pale and nothing red, said to the host, So God, my soul, bless, as there is fallen on me such heaviness, I know not why, that me were lever sleep, than the best gallon wine that is in cheap. Well, quoth the mansiple, if it may do ease to thee, sir cook, and to no white displease which that here rideth in this company, and that our host will of his courtesy, I will as now excuse thee of thy tale. For in good faith thy visage is full pale, thine eye in days, soothly as me thinketh, and well I wot, thy breath full sour as stinketh, that showeth well thou art not well-disposed, of me certain thou shalt not be ye glossed. See how he yawneth, lo, this drunken wight, as though he would us swallow anon right! Hold close thy mouth, man, by thy father's kin! The devil of hell set his foot therein. The cursed breath infecta will us all. Fly, stinking swine, fly, foul may thee befall. Ah, take heed, sirs, of this lusty man. Now, sweet sir, will ye joust at the fan? There to me thinketh ye be well ye shape. I trow that ye have drunken wine of ape, and that is when men play with a straw. And with this speech the cook waxed all raw and on the mansiple he gan nod fast for lack of speech, and down his horse t'im cast. Where's he lay? Till that men him up took. This was a fair cheviche of a cook, alas, that he held him by his ladle, and ere that he again were in the saddle, there was great shoving both to and fro to lift him up, and much care and woe, so unwieldly was the silly paled ghost. And to the mansiple then spake our host, Cause that drink hath domination upon this man, by my salvation, I trow he lewdly will tell his tale. For were it wine or old or moisty ale that he hath drunk, he speaketh in his nose and sneezeth fast, and eke he hath a pose. He also hath to do more than enough to keep him on his capel out of the sloth. And if he fall from off his capel eftsoon soon, then shall we all a have enough to doon in lifting up his heavy drunken course. Tell on thy tale, of him I make no force. But yet, Manciple, in faith thou art too nice thus openly to reprove him of his vice. Another day he will peradventure reclaim thee, and bring thee to the lore. I mean, he speak a will of small things, as for to pinch at thy reckonings, that were not honest if it came to praife Quoth the manciple That were a great mischief, so might he lightly bring me in the snare. Yet had I lever pay for the mare which he rides on, then he should with me strive. I will not wreathe him, so may I thrive. That that I spake, I set it in my board. And weet ye what I have here in my gourd, a draught of wine, yea, of a ripe grape, and right anon ye shall see a good jape. This cook shall drink thereof, if that I may, on pain of my life he will not say nay, and certainly to tell it as it was. Of this vessel the cook drank fast, alas what he needed it, he drank enough before, and when he had a pooped in his horn, to the mansible he took the gourd again, and of that drink the cook was wondrous fain, and thanked him in such wise as he could. Then gan our host to laugh a wondrous loud, and said, I see well it is necessary where that we go good drink with us to carry, for that will turn rancour and disease to cord in love, and many a wrong appease. O Bacchus, Bacchus, blessed be thy names, that so canst turn in earnest into game. Worship and thank be to thy deity, of that matter ye get no more of me. Tell on thy tale, Mansiple, I thee pray. Well, sir, quoth he, now hearken what I say. The Mansiple's Tale When Phoebus dwelled here in earth adown, as old a books make mention, he was the most a lusty bachelor of all this world and eke the best archer. He slew Python the serpent, as he lay sleeping against the sun upon a day. And many another noble worthy deed he with his bow wrought, as men may read. Playing he could on every minstrelsy, and sing that it was a melody to hearin of his clear voice the sun, Certus the king of Thebes, Amphion, that with his singing walled the city, could never sing half so well as he. Thereto he was the seemliest a man, that is, or was since that the world began. What needeth it his features to describe? For in this world is none so fair alive. He was therewith fulfilled of gentleness, of honour, and of perfect worthiness. This Phoebus, that was flower of bachelory, as well in freedom as in chivalry, for his disport in sinek of victory, of python, so as telleth thus the story, was wont to bear in his hand a bow. Now had this Phoebus in his house a crow, which in a cage he fostered many a day, and taught it speaking, as men teach a jay. White was this crow, as is a snow-white swan, and counterfeit the speech of every man he could, when he should a tell a tale. Therewith in all this world no nightingale, nay, could by an hundred thousand deal, sing so wondrous merrily and well. Now had this Phoebus in his house a wife, which that he loved more than his life, and night and day did ever his diligence her for to please, and do her reverence, save only, if that I the sooth shall sayn, jealous he was, and would have kept her fain. For him were loth ye japed for to be, and so is every wight in such degree. But all for naught, for it availeth naught. A good wife, that is clean of work and thought, should not be kept, and none await certain. And truly the labour is in vain to keep a shrew, for it will not be. This hold I for a very nicety, to spill labour for to keep a wives, thus written old to clerks in their lives. But now to purpose, as I first began. This worthy Phoebus did all that he can to please her, weaning, through such pleasance, and for his manhood and his governance, that no man should have put him from her grace. But, God it wot, there may no man embrace as to distrain a thing which that nature hath naturally set in a creature. Take any bird, and put it in a cage do all thine intent, and thy courage, to foster it tenderly with meat and drink of all the dainties that thou canst bethink. And keep it all so cleanly as thou may, although the cage of gold be never so gay. Yet had this bird by twenty thousandfold lever in a forest, both wild and cold, go eat a worm's in such wretchedness. For ever this bird will do his business to escape out of the cage when that he may. His liberty the bird desireth, a. Eh? Let take a cat, and foster her with milk and tender flesh, and make her couch of silk, and let her see a mouse go by the wall, and on she waveth milk and flesh and all, and every dainty that is in the house, Such appetite hath she to eat the mouse. Lo, here hath kind her domination, and appetite flameth discretion. A she wolf hath also a villain's kind, the lewidest wolf that she may find, or least of reputation will she take in time when her lust to have a make, all these examples speak I by these men that be untrue, and nothing by women. For men have ever a licorous appetite on lower things to perform their delight than on their wives, be they never so fair, never so true, nor so debonair. Flesh is so new afangled with mischance, that we can in no thing have pleasance that sooneth unto virtue any while. This Phoebus, which that thought upon no guile, deceived, was for all his jollity for under him another had a she, a man of little reputation, not worth to Phoebus in comparison. The more harm is, it happens often so, of which there cometh much a harm and woe. And so befell, when Phoebus was absent, his wife anon hath for her lemon sent, her lemon, certes that is a knavish speech, forgive it me, and that I you beseech. The wise Plato saith, as ye may read, the word must needs accord with the deed men shall tell a properly a thing. The word must cousin be to the working. I am a boisterous man, right thus I say. There is no difference truly betwixt a wife that is of high degree, if of her body dishonest she be, and any poor wench, other than this, if it so be they work a both amiss. But for the gentle is in estate above, she shall be called his lady and his love. And for that other is a poor woman, she shall be called his wench and his lemon and God it wot, mine Owen dear brother, men lay the one as low as lies the other, right so betwixt a titleless tyrant, and an outlaw, or else a thief errant. The same, I say, there is no difference, to Alexander told was this sentence. But for the tyrant is of greater might, by force of mine if for to slay downright, and burn both house and home, and make all plain, lo, therefore, is he called a capitaine. For the outlaw hath but small might and may not do so great his harm as he, nor bring a country to so great mischief. Men call a him an outlaw or a thief. But for I am a man not textual, I will not tell of text, never a deal. I will go to my tale as I began. When Phoebus' wife had sent him for her lemon, anon they wrought in all their lust foliage. The white crow that hung aye in the cage beheld their work, and said never a word. And when that home was come Phoebus the Lord, The crow sung, Cuckoo, cuckoo, cuckoo. What, bird, quoth Phoebus, what song singest thou now? Wert thou not once so merrily to sing, that to my heart it was a rejoicing to hear thy voice? Alas! What song is this? By God, quoth he, I sing not amiss, Phoebus, quoth he, for all thy worthiness, for all thy beauty, and all thy gentleness, for all thy song, and all thy minstrelsy, for all thy waiting, bleared is thine eye with one of little reputation. Not worth to thee is in comparison the mountainance of a gnat. So may I thrive, for on thy bed, thy wife, I saw him swive. What will ye more, the crow told him anon, by sad tokens and by words bold, how that his wife had done her lechery to his great shame and his great villainy, and told him oft, he saw it with his eye in. This Phoebus gan a wayward for it Orion, him thought his woeful heart a-burst in two, his bow he bent and set therein a flow, and in his ire he hath his wife slain. This is the effect. There is no more to say. For sorrow of which he brake his minstrelsy, both heart and lute, gittern and psaltery, and eke he break his arrows and his bow. And after that, thus spake he to the crow. Traitor, quoth he, with tongue of scorpion thou hast me brought to my confusion. Alas that I was wrought! Why ne'er I dead. O dear a wife, O gem of lusty head, thou wert to me so sad, and eke so true. Now lies thou dead, with face pale of hue. Full guiltless, that durst I swear, o eyes, of rackle hand to do foul amiss. O troubled wit, O ire reckless, thou inadvised smitest the guiltless. O wantrust, a fool of false suspicion, where was thy wit and thy discretion? O every man beware of rackleness no tro, no thing without a strong witness, smite not too soon, ere that ye a lie, and be advised well and sickerly, ere ye do any execution upon your ire for suspicion. Alas! A thousand folk hath rackle ire, foully fordone, and brought them in the mire. Alas! For sorrow I will myself slee, and to the crow, O false thief, said he, I will thee quite anon thy false tale. Thou sung Willem like any nightingale. Now shalt thou, false thief, thy song forgone, and eke thy white feathers every one. Nor ever in all thy life shalt thou speak, thus shall men on a traitor be a reek. Thou and thine offspring ever shall be blake, nor ever sweet a noise shall ye make. But ever cry against the tempest and the rain, in token that through thee my wife is slain and to the crow he start, and that anon he pulled his white feathers every one, and made him black, and reft him all his song, and eke his speech, and out at door him flung unto the devil, which I him betake. And for this cause be all crows blake. Lordings, by this ensample I you pray, beware, and take heap what that ye say. Nor tell a man in all your life, how that another man hath dight his wife. He will you hate mortally certain. St. Solomon, as wise clerk is saying, teacheth a man to keep his tongue well. But, as I said, I am not textual. But nevertheless, thus taught to me, my dame, my son, think on a crow, and God his name. My son, keep well thy tongue, and keep thy friend. A wicked tongue is worse than a fiend. My sonna, uh, from a fiend men may them bless. My son, God of his endless goodness, walled a tongue with teeth, and lips eke. For man should him advise what he speak. My son, full often for too much a speech hath many a man been spilt, as clerkes teach. But for a little speech advisedly is no man shent to speak generally. My son, thy tongue shouldest thou restrain at all a time. But when thou dost, thou pain to speak of God in honor and prayer. The first of virtue, son, if thou wilt lear, is to restrain and keep well thy tongue. Thus learn a children, when that they be young. My son, of much a speaking evil advised, where less a speaking had enough sufficed, cometh much harm. Thus was me told and taught, and much a speech a sinner wanteth not. It wast thou whereof a rackled tongue serveth, right as a sword for cutteth, and for carveth an arm in two, my dear son, right so a tongue cutteth friendship all in two. A jangler is to God abominable. Read Solomon, so wise and honourable, Read David in his Psalms, and read Sanech, My sons, speak not, but with thine head thou beck, disimuel as thou wert deaf, if that thou hear a jangler speak of perilous matter. The Fleming saith, and learn if that thee lest, that little jangling causeth much arrest. My son, if thou no wicked word hast said, thee thou are not dread afore to be berayed, but he that hath missaid, I dare well saying, he may by no way call his word again. Thing that is said is said, and forth it goeth, though him repent, or be he ne'er so loath. He is his thrall to whom that he hath said a tale, of which he is now evil a paid. My son, beware, and be no author new of tidings, whether they be false or true. Whereso thou come among us high or low, keep well thy tongue, and think upon the crow. End of the manciple's Tale